Check, check. We recording, KP? We are here, guys. Project Mindset, episode number nine. It is flying by. Thank you so much to everybody that's just been tuning in, listening, posting, sharing this podcast with the world. This thing is really designed to uplift and inspire and keep you moving throughout the week. We've been getting so many questions. We wanted to take a series, an episode, to answer some of those questions. So this week, what this is all about is taking some of the best questions we received from goal setting to sobriety to how do you start your own podcast. And we're going to continue doing this throughout the week. So thank you so much to everybody who sent some questions over. We're going to keep this thing moving. As always, please share it with your community of people. Let us know what we could do to improve it. And I hope you enjoy this episode, Project Mindset listener questions all right check check one two one two man my mom's called me two times in a row yes mother Hi, what's up i'm in the middle of recording something uh-huh how do i post it on your instagram <laughs> <laughs> wow KP, are you recording? Can we put this on? This is going to be one of our stories. So, question number one for the listeners. So, guys, this is this is live and direct. We are recording Project Mindset episode number nine, and uh, this is for this is for our our friends, our listeners. And while we're in the middle of recording this, I get a call from my amazing mom. If you guys have not, by the way, listened to my mom's podcast she's one of the first people i interviewed make sure to listen to her she drops major fire and we just got our very first listener question so the question is from my mother and she asks go ahead mom ask the question what was it again Uh, shout out to Mikey Taylor and Eric. Thanks, Mom. So here's how you post it on Instagram. This response is mainly for our listeners who are above 55. So <laughs> here's how you do it. You Do you know how to take a screenshot, Mom? Yes. Okay. So once you take a screenshot, that saves to your camera roll. Right. Okay. Then do you know how to do an Insta story? Kind of. Yep, you go to your story, and then you kind of swipe. Yep, you kind of swipe down, and that will let you choose a photo from your camera roll. Uh, and then put it on there. Yep. And how do I put all that, like, yeah, how do I put it so that it goes to you? So tag me. So write my, my Insta handle name, at Kevion, at K-E-V, and then... My Insta handle will come up, and then that will tag me, and then I'll see it, and then I'll repost it. Yay! Okay, that was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Awesome, Mom. All right, love you. I'll see you later. Love you, bye. That's my mom, y'all. So question number one. All right, we got six more to go. Let's do this. So here's here's our second question, guys. We got the first one from moms. Here's the second one. The person asked... 
I've always heard and been told that your friends should be your biggest supporters, encouragers when you're starting building a brand, business, event, etc. If I have a group of friends that are great, loving, fun, but don't really give any support or encouragement when it comes to my business, do I need to find new friends or have a discussion with my current friends and communicate what I need slash expect from them? Man, that's a really good question. I would say, number one, Man, keep in mind that everybody is like thinking about what they have going on in their own life. I don't think your whole group of friends is trying to figure out how they can help you. I don't think your group of friends doesn't want to help you, but I don't think it's it's natural for somebody to just be worried about or, or thinking about what everybody else is doing all the time. They're trying to get their own stuff together. So here's what I would say number two. I would say work on something compelling that is awesome and makes a difference for the world and the right people will come and surround you. My first experience with this was working with my best friend, Jonas Bavakwa, as he was building LRG. His vision was so clear on what he was doing, where he was going. The universe, God lined him up with the right investors, the right marketing people, the right design people, the right HR people, the, the right web people. But it all started with his vision. He didn't have to go out and bug his friends to help him. He didn't have to change his group of friends. He simply got focused on what his vision was, what his vision was. And naturally, the right people formed around that. So I wouldn't be concerned about changing new friends or setting expectations for your friends. That's just weird. Create something awesome that your friends are automatically inspired about and they want to get behind. Hope that helps, dude. All right, so the next question is, this person said, I've been so inspired by you sharing your stories about being sober. It's been a battle for me over the last four years. Sometimes I will go 90 days and then I'll fall off. What do you do to stay on track? Man, that's a very good question. Definitely something that hits home for me. Um, I would not say that I'm an expert in this field whatsoever, but this April 2019 will be my third year 100% sober. And here's how it kind of started to add up for me. Here, here's the easiest way that I could explain it. Um, because I, I, I didn't go to AA. I don't go to AA. Um, nothing against anybody that has 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 used AA as their source of help. I think I think whatever you can do, uh, that's awesome. I can only share my personal experience, and for me, it, it, it all started in 2012. You know, I lost Jonas at the end of 2011. I lost my dad in January 2012, and that was when I realized that I wanted to actually even start working on this in the first place. I would go 90 days just like you, dude, and then I'd fall off. And then I would go 90 days again, and I'd, I'd prove to myself, okay, I'm not an addict, and then I'd fall off. And I just had to go through the motions where it just did not add up anymore. Here's how I look at it. I'm a numbers guy. So my life before was, was just kind of chilling at a five. So when I would rage, my life would go to a 10. And when I'd fall off in the morning, it would drop down to a two and a three when I have that hangover. Well, that's only a two to three point drop, but a five point high. So my, my drop is, is only half as bad as my high. So I, I kept getting stuck in this thing where, where I kept getting drawn back to raging and getting faded. And 
what happened was I reached a point where I, I hit nine months and my life got so good in that nine months that when I fell off after that, that nine months, it was not adding up anymore. And so here's how I looked at it. I got my life at a sober level to a seven. So I raged and I went to a 10. That's a three point jump. But the next day I went down to a two. That's a five point drop. So now my, my, my drop was like twice as bad as my high and it just wasn't adding up anymore. And I guess all I could say is you've got to find a way to, to discover something in your life that is, is better than any high, any, any rage, any parting experience you've ever, you've ever had. Uh, cause if you don't, you're always going to look back to those moments when you were going off and you were parting. And, and that, that's all I've done. And then I could say that the moments that I've had with my wife, with my family, in my career, in my health, in my relationship with God, far surpass all the crazy parting that I've done with my life. And um, I'm also highly aware that I could fall off at any time. And so because I'm aware of that, that keeps me in check the conversation still come up. Just a couple months ago, I had this ridiculous thought in my head that uh, on the way to my, my men's group in Big Bear, I would have four hours to myself on that drive. <laughs> and I, I could not stop thinking because everywhere you look, there's a, there's a billboard about weed somewhere. I could not stop thinking, you know what? Maybe I should get lifted on the way to my men's group. How ridiculous does that sound? So what did I do? I told some of my friends that, that I lean on for my help with, with, with sobriety, and I really have, have three, three main ones. My dude Carter Kaufman, my dude Cesar Vasquez, and my boy Richard Mulder. I told every single one of those guys about these stupid thoughts in my head, and every single one of them gave me some insight. And then most importantly, when I got in my car on, on the way to Big Bear, um, I had some of my crew with me. So thank you to my crew for keeping me on point. And uh, that's all I can say about that. That that department is um, you got to be ready for it. You got to be able to find a way to make your life more awesome without it. And then number three, keep it real with your close circle of friends. Have people around you that you can count on to keep you in check. Hope that helps. All right, cool. Hey, Kev, thank you so much for all the positive insight you're constantly putting out. I really appreciate it. Here's my question. I'm new in real estate. What do you think are some of the best things that I could do to get going? I've been having some challenges getting it off the ground. What do you recommend? Well, that is a question that I get about five times a day. Here's the first thing that I would recommend. If for those of you who are just getting into real estate, here's the reality of it. You got to look at the, 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 the state of this industry. There is an 85% failure rate in real estate. I believe that the reason for that failure comes down to two things. Number one, a lack of proper understanding of the sales game. Number one, a lack of proper understanding of the sales game. At the end of it all, it's not about your Instagram. It's not about how nice you dress. It's not about having a strong Rolodex of people. When people are buying or selling a home, this is one of their biggest investments. This is something they may only do two or three times a year. The chances of putting that investment in your hands, if you don't know what you're, what, what you're doing or how to properly convey that you have confidence, you're not going to get the sale. You're going to be part of that 85% statistic. So number one, learn how to sell. <laughs> learn how to sell. 
Learn the proper understanding of what the sales process is all about. What's the sales process all about? I'll break it down for you in four to five steps. Number one, get into rapport. Without rapport, no sale is possible. Take some time. Figure out what is rapport even. If you don't know what rapport is, you shouldn't be in sales in the first place. Number two, qualify. Learn what it takes to qualify a lead. When you don't know how to qualify somebody, next thing you know, you're dealing with somebody that's nowhere close to even being able to buy or sell. You're wasting a lot of time. Number three, present. Learn how to present your product and your unique value proposition. Number four, handle objections. You have to know that when you go into sales, there is there are going to be objections. I never seen your name before. I never heard of your company. Will you cut your commission? My friends in the business, I'm going to wait till next year. Know the art of handling objections. And number five, close again. Close again. If you lack the ability to be able to, to tell somebody, thank you so much for, for this time sitting down with you. I'm, I'm, I'm inspired about making this happen. Why don't you go ahead and sign the contract and let's get the game started. If you don't know how to, to actually do that piece, you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught in what's called the real estate friend zone. You're going to have a bunch of friends who call you up and say, man, thank you for all the info you've been sending me the last nine months. Um, yeah, we just actually closed escrow on our house. Ouch. So learn to close. Hope that helps. All right. Question number four. So I've been reading a lot about affirmations and I'm starting to read books on positivity and I'm really enjoying your podcast. But I find myself getting stuck in a slump and it's hard to get out of it. What do you recommend when you get caught up in those down times? Ooh, that's a great question. Three things. And I actually mentioned this on um, my podcast with Drama, I think episode 65, if you listen to Short Story Long, episode 65. But it's really a three-step process. Uh, Number one is recognize it. Recognize that you're in a funk. Catch it, right? I always track how I feel on a scale of one to 10. I know when I'm a six. When I'm a six, and I I try to live my life seven up. It's a seven up game. When my life is at a six, I can feel it. Something's up. Maybe it's because of traffic. Maybe it's because of an argument. Maybe it's because of a deal that fall apart. But the bottom line is I can feel it in my soul, and I usually have to call somebody and work it out, a.k.a recognize it recognize it catch yourself step two realize the real lies right realize the real lies what i mean by that is usually we're stuck in traffic and that's the only reality but we come up with a lie called i'm always getting stuck places in my life why do i why am i such an idiot why am i such a loser and it's like whoa whoa, whoa, chill you're just stuck in traffic or you, uh, something else, you know, you're walking out of your house, you spill coffee on my sh- on your shirt. Oh my gosh, this whole day is going down the drain, blah, 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 blah. Or maybe it's something major. Maybe it's something major. Maybe, maybe you're going through a breakup. Maybe you're going through uh, some, uh, a sincere hardship with your family. The bottom line is you have to be able to separate reality from the lie. That's why I call it realize the real lies find a way to differentiate what's reality from this thing and what's the lie i'll give you guys an example when i was 17 i got the news that i was going to be a father and it was one of the scariest things i could possibly imagine and i told myself uh your life's over dude 
you're literally never gonna have fun ever again. And that was so real for me in that moment. I went to a place called Landmark Education and Landmark helped me separate reality from the real lie. And I realized that the, the, the true reality is that there's gonna be a life coming to this earth that I'm gonna need to provide for and spend time with if I'm a good human being. Um, and that's the only reality of that. And I could create a new reality. And this is where step three is, recreate. You have to be able to recreate and create something that overcomes that make-believe lie. And at that time, 17, I created the, the, the new reality of faith, courage, freedom, joy, fun as a father. And when you speak something into existence like that, it becomes real. And it's so crazy to think because tomorrow, my son, Elijah, turns 18 years old. And he literally has been one of the most legendary just blessings in my life. He inspires me. He encourages me. He, he He's such an amazing bigger brother to, to Kaizen and Azela, and he, he's become such an amazing leader. He's become really the foundation of so much of my drive to be a better human being. Would that have all of occurred if I stayed in that fear, that worry, that doubt? Probably not. So when you're going through a slump, recognize it. Realize the real lies and recreate it. You have the, the power to shift the reality that you're going through, but you have to take responsibility for it is whatever it is you're going through if you want to be able to reshape it. You could do it. Stay focused. Stay inspired. Hey, Kev, I have a question about finding a mentor. What were some of the steps that you took, and what do you recommend I do to find myself a mentor like you found, Thatch? Woo, that's a great question. Reminds me of this quote. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. I think first and foremost is you have to figure out what it is it what is it that you want to do, right? Because what it is you want to do will help you determine what kind of mentor you need. Are you looking to excel somewhere in real estate? Are you looking to excel somewhere in music, fashion, finance? What is it that you need a mentor for? for? Is it your physical fitness? Is it your role as a parent? So step one is figure out what you want to do, where you want to go. Because I don't think it's a mentor's job to figure that out for you. So figure out where you're going. Number two, find a way to provide value for that mentor. For six of my seven mentors that I talk to on a weekly basis, I pay them. Most of my mentors I actually pay um, because that's their, their line of business. From my therapist to my financial advisors to my life coaches, I pay these guys. Um, the coaches who... I don't pay. I found a way to provide value for them. Uh, my my first initial real estate coaches, I would go out and I would pass out flyers for them. I would get their coffee. I would pick up their dry cleaning. It, it, it's kind of crazy the amount of texts that I get from aspiring agents or just young people who get annoyed that I'm not able to go and get coffee <laughs> with them um, just because they asked and sent me a DM. The reality is I'm I'm really busy, and although I would love to sit around and have coffee all day long, um, I'm running a very big business. I've got a family. I've got a whole coaching company of people that rely on me to help them. So if you want to really find a mentor. Number one, figure out where you want to do, where you're going. Number two, go find a way to make a difference for that person. Do something impactful for that person. And, and naturally, I think they'll be inspired to help you back. All right, here's a good one. 
I've been working on finding a morning routine and I've noticed you're very disciplined with yours. What were some of the steps that you took to develop your morning routine? Ooh, that's a good question. All right, so a little secret about my morning routine. Number one, I change it every day. Um, number two, I, I keep it very simple. So I used to try to jam literally like 10 things in my morning by the time it was 7 a.m. And then next thing you know, I'd wake up an hour late and I'm like, oh, this day's ruined. So I, I keep it really simple and I change it every 90 days and I do not change it within that 90 days. I have to wait. So um, for me, it's about breaking a sweat first. I would previously try to go into meditation first or prayer first, but I found it really difficult to honestly stay awake. Um, so the first thing that I do is my goal is that I am breaking a sweat uh, within my first 15 minutes of opening my eyes. That's the first thing. Um, and then number two, I time block everything else out. So one of the things that really helps me with my morning routine is I have no communication with literally anybody else for the first 90 days so i don't check email i don't check texts i don't take incoming calls i got the first 90 minutes of my day for myself and god so that's my recommendation for that is don't don't complicate it too much keep it really simple and here's a big tip know that it's going to be difficult discipline creates freedom so create it Stick to it, and if you want a little bonus secret, tell four or five people to it and tell them that you will pay them money if they can catch you off of your morning routine. Accountability works. This is a good one. Hey, Kev, what were some of the steps that you took to start your podcast? I've been wanting to start one, but I'm a little bit lost on how to get it going. Great question. So first of all, shout out to my dude, Drama, because he was the first person that really had me on his and um, because of all the awesome feedback that I got is what inspired us to really launch Project Mindset. So just so you guys know, I went out and bought all the equipment first. I looked at all the equipment for literally like 90 days before we even press record. Um, number one, I would say is come up with your message. What's your intention? What's that unique thing that you're going to be giving to the world? Number, number two, let go of any kind of agenda. Don't worry about getting sponsorships. Don't worry about it being the next big thing. Just focus on creating something totally awesome that you're going to give to the world with no expectations back. Number three, go to anchor. Anchor is like seriously the one-stop shop to do it all. They helped us get on all the platforms, Spotify. We're on like 11 different platforms now. If you go to Anchor, you'll be able to find all your answers there. And then most importantly, just start. If you go back to our initial podcast, you'll see the sounds all messed up. We were making all kinds of mistakes. Just do it. Go for it. Screw up. And before you know it, you'll be rocking and rolling. Thank you.